movies, music, television, and more. This is entertainment. 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 Rebooted. Only on WZIP. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Entertainment Rebooted. My name is Isabel, and today I have Mike Velazis of Oliver Hazard. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. So I have a couple questions today for you, obviously. So the first thing I want to know from you is, within Oliver Hazard, I know you guys all kind of rotate instruments and things like that, and you all take turns kind of as a front man. But what mm-hmm. would you say your primary role is in the band? Um, I am the founder of the band. I am a primary songwriter of the band, and I sing and play guitar and, you know, just kind of do my thing, I guess. You wear lots of hats. I, I mm-hmm. love that. Yes. What attracted you to making music? Um, You know, my grandmother was a pianist and so she taught me how to play piano and my dad played drums he taught me how to play drums and so I think it was like a kind of instilled in our family at a pretty early age so I was always kind of playing different instruments growing up and um, I guess being creative with it apparently that's Um, awesome yeah growing up did you always think you would end up going into music no, no, it was a pretty like more of a hobby. Um, I never really set set my sights on like being a professional. Um, nor did I ever like perform live until we started this band. So I kind of kept it pretty, you know, in the bedroom, just playing with friends, or you know, just not really, not really performing in a live setting. Just like mm-hmm. either playing in my own room or going to jam with a couple of friends and playing the drums or something like that but yeah it was never it was never like a serious endeavor okay gotcha how would you classify your music i know a lot of uh indie bands or a different kind of sort of not to box anyone in but alternative bands can be a little particular about what they like their music to be called um yeah we're we're not that particular i mean it it kind of is what it is i think we're we're definitely in the indie folk genre you know sometimes um i think some songs can go as far as like indie pop um and then yeah and then some songs are just lighter and more of just a a nice folk but i think it all kind of um revolves around like the indie folk genre like some songs are actually getting a little more just like indie where you know we have um you know we have a lot of dev plays electric guitar so sometimes it can kind of i feel like it's indie folk is just such a widespread genre there's bands that um identifies that that i would be very surprised that they're indie folk you know (laughs) but we we try to stay true to it you know we like to tell stories and sing harmonies and you know we definitely have acoustics um so it's a little more traditional to like the 1960s folk movement um but with a little twist of you know some synthesizers and electric guitars and stuff so right sort of bringing a modern twist to it i i love Mm -hmm. that i think you guys definitely personify indie folk but i don't want to call you anything you don't want to be called so i I always like (laughs) to check all good good. (laughs) perfect now there is a really incredible story surrounding the creation of your first album 34 Mm -hmm. north river could you tell us Mm -hmm. a little bit about that yeah so that's actually the 34 North River is the address of the um, house 
that Devin was living in um, when we first started the band. And, you know, I had, I, I had been working out in California. I didn't even live in Ohio anymore. I left when I was 18 and um, I was working as an outdoor instructor and for a company called Outward Bound. And I would take like students out for like backpacking expeditions for, you know, uh, four or five, seven, 14 day trips and into the mountains. And while I was out there, I would like write, you know, you know, little lists and goals and stuff. And I wrote like play a dive bar show by the end of 2016, I think. And so uh, December of 2016 rolls around. I was home in Ohio and that's where I grew up. And I was back for like the holidays and I let a buddy of mine know that I wanted like a 20 minute slot at our local dive bar. Cause I was really going to like, um, you know, I just wanted to like fulfill this, this last goal of mine on, on this list. You know, I was trying to be true to myself and yeah. So I heard like overheard a, a guy saying, Hey, I have 20 minutes at the village today if anyone wants it, which is this local dive bar. And I was like, Oh, I'll take it. It was just very serendipitous. And then I hit up a couple of friends, one of which, um, Devin was, he kind of said no, and I'll only kind of do it if, if you're serious, you know, and I was like, all right, let's just like take it seriously. So I was like, because it was, you know, it's not just like some random dive bar. There's like a lot of people there on like Friday night and we know everybody in town. So no one wanted to like, you know, make a fool of themselves. (laughs) And so we ended up playing like five songs that we had written that week that I was like kind of working on and um, everybody kind of helped me hash it out. And then that next day we were like so excited after the show because it went so well that we wrote like five more and then i also that week like serendipitously heard about a recording contest that was happening in town and so i threw our fake band name in a hat and we ended up being able to record all 10 songs um that we had written that week for free because we won a free song and i just asked the the engineer if we could record all 10 of them um in the room live like in one cut that way it, would, it wouldn't cost that person like very much time or money and he, he was like yeah no worries so we recorded the whole thing and then we cut it up into 10 songs and yeah that ended up being 34 north river so i just started sending it out to friends who i knew were in the music industry and next thing you know we had like uh the fader writing writing about us and record labels calling us and we were like oh but maybe we could do this for a living so that was the moment where i think I eventually was like, oh, maybe we could do this for a living. Because I think before that, I kind of rejected it. So, It takes a very talented group of musicians to record 10 songs straight through live like that. I... For sure. Well, we're still like reading the lyrics off of sheets, too. If you hear like, if you listen really closely, like some of the songs, like Hey Louise and um, Jealous Man, and like some of these like other songs on the record, you can kind of hear us counting under under our breath and um you can hear like us singing different lyrics like not the right lyrics but it kind of blends really well um but yeah we were definitely like not well rehearsed but it was kind of cool that's why it's that's why i like it so much it's very raw right it's it's very authentic that i definitely noticed that listening through now mm-hmm. how did that compare to creating your most recent album yeah, so the most recent one was, like, the opposite, you know? Because it's always, like, experimentation. We're always, like, um, trying to grow as musicians and songwriters and um, and record makers. So we 
this one is very like thought out, arranged, composed. Um, when we recorded it, we did it in three weeks instead of one afternoon. <laughs> um, so it's just a lot more like clean and it was, you know, it's different. I think it's less, <clears throat> it's got like, it still has this rawness and this bareness to it, but it's a lot more like, you can tell that we put a little more time into it. Um, and it has kind of its beauty in its own right. And yeah, and I think it's it, it was cool to have done that too, because I remember <clears throat> this album allowed us to realize another goal that we had, which was to play with our local symphony. Um, and when we reached out to them back in like 2018, when we released the first record, they were like, absolutely not. This you know album doesn't sound very symphonic, you know? Um, oh. And then we released this record and they were like, oh yeah, this is like a beautiful record. We could definitely work with this. Um, so, you know, there's always benefits to, there's clear benefits to growth, which is kind of cool, so. Yeah, of course. And what what is the songwriting process like for you and Oliver Hazard? Um, you know, it's very, it's very like, you know, it's not too, there's not too much like crazy magic that goes into it. It's more so like, you know, maybe a little like tune or melody or chorus comes into someone's head. Um, maybe they kind of got home late last night and sat down and all of a sudden something kind of started um, ruminating in their, you know, in like a little chord structure. And then they, the next day they'll, you know, one of, one of us will just like call each other and we'll be like, Hey, like, I think I got this little lick, you know, and then we'll all just kind of like build off of it usually. Um, or sometimes the whole song comes and then everybody else like tries to kind of amplify it a little bit more, you know, maybe throw some like different, different chord changes or spin on it, um, just to kind of make it more of an Oliver Hazard song. Um, but yeah, so it's pretty, um, it's pretty collaborative. So that's that's really awesome to hear from a band now mm -hmm. do you prefer sort of the more raw kind of authentic writing style where you guys came up with stuff really fast and then almost immediately recorded it or do you have more of a preference towards the more polished um style that you've had recently um i like them both i think we're um you know we're kind of experimenting with both i think we're we're, we're recording new music um actually and it's going to be coming out next year and it, it's actually kind of we made the choice to kind of marry the two styles um and so we have like a whole new record coming out next year that's going to actually feel a lot like the first record but it's also going to be have a little bit of the polish of this most recent record um and we like made the choice to like any mistakes we made we're going to like keep them in there um because we really wanted it to kind of feel very raw um, and we didn't want it to be like too polished and you know so um, so that's kind of an upcoming project that we have in the pipeline is everything that we're gonna um, everything we're gonna release next year but I, I can't really give you any dates yet just because we're still still working on that yeah no worries that is I love the idea of leaving your mistakes in mm -hmm. it, it's gonna add to the sound a lot and it's just I think it's a good mindset to have going through life not not just making music for sure yeah 100 so i'm really looking forward to that drop um, yeah no it's gonna be sweet we'll let you know we'll let you know when they come when they start coming out yeah please do do you have a favorite song to perform um you know 
Actually, there's a song off the new record. Uh, it's called Northern Lights. That is super fun to re- to perform. Um, yeah, we have we play it really well together. You'll hear it um, on December or sorry, November thirtieth when you come to Mahal's. Um, awesome. But yeah, it's super fun to record. We put like a lot of like really heavy bass on it, but we're all we also like play like really tight together. It's like a very synchronized song and it's very fast paced the way we play it. Um, and then there's always a really good sing along with the crowd. So um, yeah, that's I think that's one of my favorites. That That's really special, the bond you can make when you're performing a song together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's fun. What is the most outlandish experience you've had performing live? Um, well, we used to play in living rooms. So, you know, we spent all of 2019 playing and we had a, a, a very organized tour called the Living Room Tour. And people would submit from all over the country and we'd we'd organize all of them and route them. And we'd make sure there were rules, you know, like people can talk and during the show and they, you know, people could ask questions, but they'd be very like, respectful of music. And we had like a minimum of like, I think 35 to 50 people that needed to attend, you know? So we were very strict about it. They were very cool shows. And um, they were all ticketed. Everybody like kind of paid a certain amount of money for a ticket, but it was always a sliding scale. But at the same time, you're in people's living rooms. So it gets a little weird, um, <laughs> especially after the show. But um, so yeah, we like, we could write like a whole handbook on how to avoid outlandish experiences in people's living rooms, you know? Cause everybody like, gets rowdy after the show and we're like the hardest part is like how do you get out of this house you know um so we had like a whole method of escaping people's houses so it was kind of fun yeah i could imagine a lot of interesting experiences coming out of performing in people's houses totally well no one wants you to leave you know and you just like have to kind of break it to them like hey guys like this can't last forever like we're not not staying here you know right (laughs) right you got things to do like like, we gotta go (laughs) (laughs) Um, but then it gets like a little weird and they're like no no stay and you're like whoa i gotta get out of here (laughs) (laughs) yeah now they just they want you as a party guest now yeah exactly yeah you go from musician to party guest yeah I could see that being a problem. Once you get out of the living room, what is your go-to meal after a show? Um, you know, we've been we've been really enjoying like like late night like Asian food. Like ramen is really good, or like um, sushi or pho or you know anything that like kind of feels um, you know a little bit like home style, but it doesn't need to be too fancy. Okay, that's a great but choice. But anything that feels homemade, you know? Um, yeah, we try to avoid, like, the worst nights are the ones where everything's closed and your only option is fast food. But right. So if we're in, like, a big city, it's kind of nice because you can get, like, real food at, at night, which is cool. Yeah, that, that's really cool. What is the most frequent argument you find yourself getting into with your bandmates? Hmm. Probably like you know probably has something to do with like directions on how to get somewhere <laughs> <laughs> okay good i'm not we, sure we got, we're all a bunch of backseat drivers <laughs> that... me specifically <laughs> i love that you're admitting it see i don't want to start any yeah. drama but i have to ask you guys are yeah, or like, 
or like where to stay at night you know there's always those logistics are always like the hardest because you have to make the same decision every day you know like what hotel are we gonna stay in you know that's why it's gonna be nice getting a tour manager one day who just does that for us right you don't have to fight over it Mm-hmm. that is very funny what do you think you would be doing if oliver hazard hadn't come to be you know that's a great question i don't know i've I would hope that I would be like starting a business maybe. I think that was part of the reason why I wanted to do this because it gave me a lot of autonomy over my own life, you know, and I always wanted to be, you know, not really work for someone else, but kind of just work for myself. And um, a band is a small business and, and we treat it very much so like that, um, you know, with our music festival and doing all sorts of like community work and making sure that, you know, we feel like we're, making a difference so yeah i think i'd probably be doing something with my community in like a small town somewhere hopefully so i i love that you own that you're from a small town a lot of people sort of shy away from that fact but it seems like oliver hazard is all about it yeah definitely i'm pretty i feel pretty blessed to like grow have grown up in such a supportive place so um yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool. We have like a, a really neat group of people that just like love our um, our music and what we do. And they're always there to support us. Like even at this last show at the symphony, um, you know, we had 700 folks show up to this theater in you know, middle of Toledo, Ohio and, and come watch us. And it was, it was pretty awesome to see. So could you tell us a little bit about your music festival? Yeah. So it's called Oliver Hazard Day. And it's in Waterville, Ohio. We basically just shut down the street in downtown Waterville and we put a stage in the middle of the road and we invite bands from all over the country um, to come perform. Usually it's folks that we've met like on the on the road while touring and like other emerging indie, indie bands that, you know, probably would never play in Waterville because it's not really like a, a market that you would perform in. Um, it's just not like a major market. So none of these people will actually like ever probably go there again, unless they play at Oliver Hazard Day again, because uh, there's no venues there. So it's kind of cool. It's like a gift to the town. All these people just like show up and, and we're beginning to see the faces kind of change from local to like more people are coming from like out of town, which is really neat. We'd never expected that. So it's like people are driving like, four or five, seven, 12 hours just to get to Waterville to come to the music festival, which is pretty, pretty awesome to see. So, It sounds like you've, you're absolutely giving back to Waterville by doing that. You're bringing in all these new people. You're supporting businesses around. That's really incredible. For sure. Yeah. No, that was the hope when we first started it. Um, and so it's cool. Like, you know, this was our fifth year doing it. Um, and it's like our fifth year as a band and we, yeah, just like seeing the, the shift this year was really cool to see. And it really felt like we were bringing like more tourism to, to the town and it felt really nice. So now you mentioned you bring other bands along with you sometimes to Oliver Hazard Day. Who Mm -hmm. is, who is your dream musical collaborator? Um, well, you know, it can't be like, I think each year we try to like, we try to choose musicians a that are like that are like around our size 
because a we can't afford to like buy beyonce to come play all the other day you know that'd be crazy uh it'd be like a million dollars you know and i think even like even in like a medium scale it's like you can't it would be really tough like we'd love to get like a band like like some of our friends from camp right so they're like um you know we went on tour with them last year and um they're awesome guys and but at the same time you know they're a business too and it would just be really expensive to book them you know um and so and we're all we're just independently run you know but it'd be great to get those guys to come or like you know even like other folk bands like you know imagine getting like the lumineers or mumford and sons that would be crazy also just because i think but i think the town might not be able to fit everybody who'd want to come so i think it's really important for us to kind of scale this slowly you know um a so we can like afford it and b so that we can figure out the infrastructure but because um, we're just literally throwing it ourselves, it's just us three throwing the whole thing. Um, there's no like giant production team that we outsource. You know, it's like we literally put up the trash cans and take the trash out at night. You know, and we we bring the stage in, all that stuff. So um, so once we can kind of like scale it, I think we'll continue to um, be able to bring in bigger and bigger bands. But every year the bands get bigger, which is kind of cool. So, um, you know, I think eventually we can kind of hit a tipping point where we can start hiring more people. Um, but yeah, I think like, it'd be really cool to get like bigger, bigger indie bands on the bill. Um, and you know, even like bigger commercial bands, you know, like Raymond Baxter, um, would be a really cool medium sized act that could be really cool. Um, but like Maddie, Maddie Diaz or Madison Cunningham or, Katie Pruitt. I think there's a bunch of like really cool folk singers out there. That would be really cool. So, you guys are very goal oriented and business minded, which I feel like you don't often find in the music field. But it's yeah. very impressive. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. I mean, we. I mean, I don't know. I think there's a lot of a lot of bands that just want to be bands, but I think we always kind of, or at least I always want to be more than that. Um, I know it's like it's easy to just like be complacent, but I think like, um, I don't know. I just think it's like, feels like you're doing, making a bigger difference if you're like actually, you know, working with your community and, um, you know, building something that feels a little bigger than just a band. So. Yeah. You're, you guys are making a movement and that's really incredible. Yeah. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> of course. How does your Ohio upbringing influence your music? And do you think there's a common thread between Ohio bands? Um, you know, possibly. There's a lot of really great music that's coming out of Ohio. Um, I think that, I mean, I do most of my writing when I'm in Ohio. Um, I, I live ha half of my time in California, um, just because that's where I was living when I, before I started the band. And I find myself coming home and finding a lot more inspiration when I'm home. I don't know what it is about it. It could be because of like the, you know, depressing winters and like the kind of romance of, of fall and winter and actually having seasons, you know? Um, but I don't know. I, I think it's, there's something in the water. I think it's a really beautiful place. It's a place that you don't often um, have beauty that just like kind of screams at you like other States, but you kind of have to like search for it a little more or like, really understand it and all the nuances that it has. 
Um, but yeah, I think I think Ohio is a really special place, and it definitely breeds a lot of creativity. Thank you. I am so sick of the Ohio hate sometimes. Oh yeah, it's uh, you just gotta you just gotta look past it. Don't even let it affect you. Um, I think like eventually it'll just become this hidden gem, you know, um, that everybody has overlooked one day. But that's okay, you know. You're right. It's it's the heart of America. Exactly. What advice would you give local Ohio artists that are just starting out? Yeah, I mean, the advice I always give is just like, don't don't do what feels like too run of the mill. You know, um, when we first started, we never wanted to play in an empty venue, so we never did. And to this day, we still have only performed in one empty venue, and it was kind of an accident. Um, and I almost said no. I almost like refused to play it. But everyone was like, let's just play it. And I was like, whatever. Um, and, and I think that's like, it's super important. It's like set your own rules. Like you don't have to do what everybody says you have to do. Um, and so if you don't want to play an empty venue, like make sure you invite 50 friends to someone's living room and play there. So <laughs> You mentioned before that next year we should expect some new releases from Oliver Hazard. Do you have any yep. other... Do you have any other news for Oliver Hazard fans? Um, looking at new releases, and then we are also trying to release like a live album with our symphony, our local symphony. Um, that is going to be a little more of a, a a maybe. We're just working on like all the logistics, and you know, it's just a lot of musicians and different organizations that play. So we've never done it before, but we're currently working with the symphony to try to release a, a little bit of a live album because um, that was really special special event for us we did that like three weeks ago so um we're already kind of looking looking to try to do something like that but yeah uh, we got oliver hazard day next next august um august 17th is the date we're looking at so yeah a lot of good stuff in the pipeline between the festival new music and uh a potential new alive album it's an exciting time for fans now, oh, yeah. I do want to shout out while I still have you here that you are going to be performing, like you said, at Mahal's on November 30th in Cleveland. Yeah, and you can grab tickets at oliehazard.com. O-L-I-H-A-Z-A-R-D. We, uh, when we first were looking for like an Instagram handle and a Twitter handle, I think Oliver Hazard at Oliver Hazard was taken. So we decided, I think some guy named Oliver Hazard took it. <laughs> and so we... Ended up just going with Ollie Hazard. It's kind of like a nickname. And then just stuck. And now we have like fans that refer to us as Ollie Hazard, which is kind of fun. That is cute. You have a band nickname. Not a lot yeah, of people exactly. got that. Totally. 100%. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Mike. And like we said, Mahal's November 30th in Cleveland. If you'd like to get tickets, check out oliehazard.com. That is O-L-I hazard.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Entertainment Rebooted, and you'll hear from us again soon.